0: From the Bill's famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the blockout sports pod is back on the air from behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub. I am your host and moderate horse host. <laughs> I am your host. And we are moderator. talking horses. Tonight. I am your host and moderator for the evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is a man who smile. Can be seen from the space station. Not a horse. <laughs> the big fellow, the Tuna Country Matt Kemp.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, Super Bowl champion, Tuna Country Matt Kemp.
0: That's two-time Super Bowl champion. He made it back or for the
1: parade. Three-time, if you count Super Bowl
0: four. Well, yeah, and I would. We named our last uh, episode after uh, something that uh, your coach Hank said, Strom. uh said during that game, um, and over. Sitting at the bar, bellied up to the bar, as always, a man who can be hired at the nominal fee of $200 a day plus expenses. Rip off. The fabulous one, Freddie Benders.
2: High dollar.
0: <laughs> Fellas, how are we doing? Uh, Matt, I don't need to ask you how you're doing. I could tell from the second I saw you tonight that you are still on a bit of a high uh, coming off of the Super Bowl. We will get to that momentarily. First of all, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. Our Facebook page, which uh, went live last week, and uh, several of you, I appreciate, uh, typing in the search and following us uh, on Facebook. But apparently, uh, some of the invitations that we sent, uh, there was a bit of a delay in the time that we sent them to the time that they were received. But thank you to those that received it today and uh, liked and followed the page. We appreciate that. That is always going to be probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. Uh, we are also on email. You can email the show at blockoutpod at gmail.com. Uh, and that takes care of the business. Um, so first and foremost, Tuna. Congratulations on the, uh, on the huge Super Bowl win. Uh, we saw you briefly pregame. Uh, you had your game face on. We knew that you were not going to uh, stick around and watch the game with us. Uh, tell me what your experience was, how you felt uh, going into the game, and as the game progressed. I would like to mention that uh, when I was re-listening to the episode uh, yesterday, I was rather intrigued in the conversation that you and I had about deferring the uh, the opening kickoff.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I thought when it worked out the way that it worked out. I was elated. You were. I was.
1: I've, I wanted to know how you felt I about that. I so, was absolutely elated. It couldn't have worked out better. I know Eagles went down there and scored right away. The Chiefs, if you've watched them all year, they have obviously been a second-half team. We've come back and come back and come back. And getting that momentum in the second half was huge. And if you look at it, we scored on every possession in that second half. Um, I think the biggest thing I took away from that game was the offensive line. I, I, I'm blown away with how well they did against that front. Um, that, no sacks. No sacks, but the way that they were able to run the ball – and push it, and, I mean, we 158 rushing yards on on that defense. Um, now, granted, the Eagles have given up some points this year in, in a few games. I understand that they had injuries, but I expected us to score, but that second half just really took me by storm. I I don't know. The, the offensive line is what impressed me more than anything. The way that our young secondary played I thought was nice. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I tell you what, I know – well, it's happened once in history that a losing team had an MVP winner in the Super Bowl? Right, yeah, that right. was uh Dallas I'd,
0: Cowboys. Uh, was it? He was a linebacker, wasn't Chuck he? Chuck Howley. Okay, I believe. That, yeah, that's, that's it. I that's, I it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. How about me coming up with that? The, right damn, off I'm, the cuff. I'm impressed, man. Like <laughs> he didn't even Google that. People like that. That was like right on his head.
1: So, yeah, I, I almost would have gave the MVP to Jalen Hurts. That guy played. Like crazy, like I he was unstoppable. Um, he definitely outplayed Mahomes in that game. I mean, without question. So it, I think Mahomes deserved it though. But I don't know. I mean, he he's definitely gutted it out. But if you're talking all out performance, I don't.
2: Yeah, I think he had uh, I, uh, fourth best passing all time, first best rushing for a quarterback all time in the Super Bowl. Hurts. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He scored four
1: touchdowns, right? Absolutely. That's incredible. Uh, what so, was it? Uh, three rushing and three one rushing. passing. So, and
2: how many uh, third and fourth and ones or twos? Oh, uh, I mean, that, 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 that Sirianni
1: weird. is like fourth down no matter where we're at. I don't care. I'm going for it. Like, it was a scary game, man. But it was I – second biggest takeaway is Maryland smacking Purdue right now. That was not a takeaway from the Super Bowl. That's just what we're watching on TV. <laughs> but um, that field, I think the field took away from a lot of it. Uh, if those two teams played on a field turf surface, I really believe that score somewhere around 20 to 24. I, I think the defense had a hard time catching up and keeping their footing. Offense knows where they're going. Defense has to adjust, and you could tell that guys were slipping all over the place. And let me ask you this because uh, I know what you're speaking of.
0: The uh, This was an experimental turf that was uh, designed, I think, between—I'm probably not 100% correct about this, but it was—I think the PGA of America had something to do with— Golf
1: grass. That, it's with, golf with the, grass.
0: Now, it's, why why didn't they just use the regular grass that they—that the— the Cardinals, Cardinals have used all
1: year. On. Well, that's been a disaster all year as well. If okay. you remember, and, and they touched on it during that game, I believe it was week one, um, Kansas City played out in Arizona, and Harrison Butker actually got hurt during that game. That's right. And Andy Reid and a lot of Chiefs players mentioned how bad the grass was. Well, apparently this grass has been growing for, what was it, two years? That's I, what I heard. Yeah, it it didn't work out. It was a disaster. Um, hopefully the NFL fixes that and something like that never happens again. Because I think that really did take away from some of the game, man. Um, you can tell. Uh, well, it's insane to me that the NFL, the largest, the the
0: most important, the biggest uh, professional sport in the United States for their marquee game basically threw an experimental field out there.
1: Yeah, you know, And why are they not using field turf? Why do these inside stadiums? insist on using real grass is field turf that bad that's a that's an that's a i mean the the raiders question. the raiders do the same thing they they grow their grass outside and bring it into the stadium which i gotta I, i'd love to see that whole process like transpired
0: because it's actually really cool you can find it on twitter you can find a time lapse of them doing it mm-hmm. in phoenix and it's cool how they do it they basically just roll it in it just rolls in but i'm with you i i you know with as many not just college teams but sh- uh, a a lot of high school teams around here have field turf now absolutely um most 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 i mean i i would say most college teams have field turf absolutely these days um the real field is a natural thing
1: right is just too much and we've seen that not granted if you have an outdoor stadium or something like that and you're a pro team and you're just pooping money i would uh probably wouldn't mind having real grass i, I kind of like that but i wouldn't have experimental golf grass to play in the super bowl like yeah. you said it made no sense yeah
0: that was that was really weird um so at halftime, you already said that you were um, you felt fairly confident and good about the f- um, the fact that they were getting the ball first. And well, everything. hold on. At
1: halftime, I didn't feel confident about anything. I was 14. I was glad that we were getting the ball back okay. because I I was scared to death. We were getting outplayed and punched in the mouth that whole first half. Well,
0: that was going to be my question mm. to you was: Did you ever foresee the success that they had offensively? in the second half based off what you saw in the first half.
1: No, not at all. Um, I, I'm sure Andy Reid was, was going to make adjustments and, and get going with it, but and you know what's funny is on that second touchdown, or I guess it was the third touchdown, the one that Sky Moore did that was the mirror image of the touchdown that Kadarius Tony had.
2: I think that was later.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was later in the game. That was, was the last touchdown. Quarter. It was the last touchdown of the game. Yeah. Um, you know that they lined up in the wrong set.
0: I actually heard that.
1: Yeah, Mahomes said he called the play. Everybody lined up wrong. He was and he just of said field. screw it and went with it. Yeah, and that got in.
2: He only so. touched the ball three times in the first half. Mahomes did.
1: Mahomes only touched the ball. I mean, that basically, if you want to say he oh, only he had, had three, the possessions. Ball, three possessions. Three okay. possessions
2: in the first half. My question is: It was a tale of two halves. How many – I'm curious how many times Jalen Hurts touched the ball in the second half because it couldn't have been that many. It seemed like that the Chiefs had the ball – I mean, that the Eagles had the possession in the first half and Mahomes just sitting over there. And then in the second half, Jalen Hurts is just sitting over there. KC was was, was right
1: down the line on play calling in the second half, 50-50 run pass. So – they definitely made it a point to emphasize the run in that second half.
2: Yeah, Eagles couldn't run the ball in the second half. And now
1: all. The, the, the big topic that everybody's been chatting about, I want to know your all's opinion on this, the call at the end. Do you throw the flag there?
2: Well, I didn't know we were getting to that yet. But Oh, we're getting to it. But, dude, the way, the way that I've seen college and pro uh, as of the last few years – He held him once, and then he held him again. If you put your hand around the waist...
1: Well, there's no question it was a penalty. What I'm asking is would you throw the flag there if you're the official? I
2: mean, I feel like that you have to, but but I I, I wonder if officials know what's going... You know, they have to know, or are they so robotic and into the game that they don't know what's really happening in the game? Like, dude, they're going to end up... Kicking the tying this game and it's going to go into overtime well, and be in total instant class. I don't think
1: they're taught to not throw a flag just because of the situation that the game's in. Right? Like it's I mean, not. There's no such thing that, as situational penalties. You got a
2: problem. Like but, it's but, a
1: penalty. You throw the flag. But I, I think the only the only issue with that is the way the game was called all day. They let them play all did. day long. They did, and then that. He
2: did put his arm around his waist, and what, I think when they it was see definitely that, they throw a penalty. A flag it was a
1: defense. Well, they didn't. They, they let uh, several of them go throughout the course of the game on both sides. So it was just odd to see that one called. I'm glad they called it. I, I'm going to send Carl Shefford some flowers, probably.
0: But I just think as a coach, all you want from officiating is it for it to be consistent, called both ways the same way, and called consistently. For the entire game, and I'm I'm complete with you with you tuna Uh that it was clearly a penalty. You know, ninety percent of pro games that I saw this year, but especially after the game, I went back and and saw somebody had put together a tape of seven, eight, nine plays during the ball game that. Were probably more egregious mm-hmm. than the one they called at the end that they didn't call, and so and I give uh, the guy for the Eagles who committed the penalty. Uh, I his name escapes me at the moment.
1: Uh, Bradbury,
0: but I give him all the credit in the world because after the game he said, "Well, I held him. I mean, yeah, they, you know he he owned up to it. I mean, it was it was a penalty, um, but." But I did hate – I mean, I always hate – it was a great game. Uh, you know, I always love it when the Super Bowl lives up to being a really exciting game coming down to the end. But, boy, I really wanted the Eagles to have one more shot Man, just to a, see what happened. As a
1: Chiefs fan, I'm glad it didn't work out. As a football fan, I would have loved to have seen them to have an opportunity to go down there and put three up to right. tie the game. Yeah. I, I, and the way that, way that they were moving the ball – I don't know if they could have done it, I, because they were kind of nickel. That second half, they were nickel and diamond down the field. They had the one big pass play to Devontae Smith, I believe. Um, but other than that, it was they were getting like five, six yards at a time. The Chiefs were the ones getting the chunks there. Right. So I don't know what they had. One timeout, and you're looking at ninety seconds. So I mean, it's very doable. But I. Like I said, as a Chiefs fan, I'm ecstatic that it worked out the way it did. As a football fan, I hate it. So, I don't know. Um, either way, we got rings. We're celebrating. Parade. Wish I could have went to Kansas City. You got, look, the Ford plant in Kansas City, they stopped production for the day and let everybody go to the parade. How That's awesome is cool. that? That's really cool, man.
0: Imagine if we had a pro sports team here in this town and they'd let you all work. No, oh, they the wouldn't day. do that. You think they, they'll they let you off uh, next time Louisville wins a basketball game? No, they've game? never shut down for that. Well, I just thought this year. Oh, next be, time they win a basketball yeah.
1: game? I might let myself off for <laughs> no. You laugh, but how's your gambling on that going? I'm going to touch on that later.
0: <laughs> what I'm going to say is that. We're playing uh, ball right now. What I'm going to say is that um, my foolproof system of winning money, betting against Louisville has not been so foolproof. In the last two or three ball games,
1: absolutely. So, anyway, Freddie, you got anything else to say about? Yeah, the Super Yeah, I got a couple
2: things in here. I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, when I did my chart Chiefs Eagles uh, last week, everything was the Eagles except uh, quarterback, and I redid that after the game, and uh, I have a check mark. I have a tie on the quarterbacks again after the game uh because hurts and mahomes played well. Um I thought the wide receivers for uh the Eagles did do play pretty damn good. I mean ninety six yards and a touchdown for Brown, Devontae almost a hundred yards. They both had six, seven catches. Goddard had some great
1: catches. Goddard the, the catch uh, that Goddard had? Yeah. Uh right through I forget the defender. Uh was it Willie Gay? that had his hand up yeah, in the middle oh yeah, and yeah. got it, just grabbed it right around him. One of the best catches I've seen. I mean, wide
2: receiver could be a tie. And then O-line, D-line, linebackers, corners were all Chiefs uh, for sure. Bolton played fantastic, had the that crucial uh, TD run back. I think he had another one called back, didn't he? Wasn't there another something called back maybe?
1: What, you talking about the Nick Bolton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's something I wanted TD. to talk about because uh, I watched that play over and over again, and you cannot convince me that that was not a fumble. He had possession of that ball. I agree. He turned his body up. Yeah. And, and that was a very questionable The play. way that Dean Blandino and, and uh, what's the tight end's name called the game? Greg Olson. Greg Olson. The way that they talked about it was just cut and dry, no turnover, cut and dry. I'm like, I don't know. That's a – That's a catch. That's a possession. That's a fumble. That should have been another Nick Bolton touchdown.
2: Yeah, I mean, dude, the Eagles were 9 for 13 on first down. That's pretty strong. I mean, on third down, that's pretty damn strong. I don't Uh,
1: know what it was. Not counting a fourth here and there. Chiefs had to have historically bad third down defense throughout the playoffs. But
2: third quarter, man, the Chiefs D-line in the fourth quarter, I thought they played fantastic. And I thought that uh, all some of these, after that Tony, that huge punt return, but some of the uh, uh, Chiefs receivers started to come alive in that Choo-choo. third and fourth quarter. Smith-Schuster just started six catch, big catches, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I got MVP awards for three people other than Mahomes, and that is Andy Reid, Spags, and enemy. Uh, Andy Reid should be the MVP of this game, in my opinion. He's the one that called these plays. I mean, maybe that play was a a botched play when when, Sky Moore scored, but the one to Tony was not. And when you have two wide receivers that are young like that, that walk in the end zone at the end of a Super Bowl, I mean, give me a break. You don't see that very often. That is play calling. At no, best. And,
1: and if you have watched the Chiefs all year, you could see most like eighty percent of the time when they're down there at the goal line like that, everything comes in. Everything comes in between the tackles. They they bring Kelsey, and that's when they do those little shovel passes, and they line up in that formation. And the Eagles recognized it and automatically like just went right into the middle to jam it up. And it left Tony oh, to yeah. waltz right in there.
2: Did you think the Chiefs would outrush the Eagles about forty yards? No, I didn't
1: think that. No, at
2: all. and Mahomes had some good runs, some tough runs. And uh, how about the McKinnon stop before he went in the end zone? That was no. That's a play that, and people, that people haven't big. talked about. That
1: was yeah. big. Uh, that was a uh, slide before he having the in. wherewithal to fall down like that. I yeah, mean, we yeah. talk about it a lot. I think Nick Chubb did it this earlier this season, yes, uh, yes. which was smart. But situational awareness, mm-hmm. one hundred and one. And you know how cool it would have been for Jarek McKinnon to tell everybody that like he scored the touchdown in the sure. Super Bowl, and now yeah. he doesn't get to do that. But he that play means more than a, than a touchdown would. Well, at yeah. That point now, in time. I
0: mean, now he's got a ring he can show everybody I was, was on this team. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I think the best part about this win is this was a bit of a rebuilding year if you looked at our roster going into it I personally picked us to finish third place in the west I thought the Chargers were going to win that division I thought the Raiders were going to be much better than they were and the Chiefs were going to come in at third place I mean you're going into a season with Juju Smith Schuster and uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling as your top receivers mm-hmm. that's scary man I mean you always had Travis Kelsey but and then I you, thought the Bengals you didn't know what kind of running game we were going to have. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has never shown anything. And Mm-mm. Pacheco was a very pleasant surprise. Dude, he runs so angry. And he, I don't know. I hope his NFL career is long. But I don't. Man, he takes some hits.
2: Uh, toad, how about toad on special teams?
1: Yes. Also, you got to say
2: his name mm-hmm. because your special teams play that Tony. Yeah, the Tony pump return was, in my opinion, bigger than Mahomes' scamper at the end of the game. I yeah. mean, if it wasn't for Tony, you wouldn't have had the Mahomes scamper.
0: And didn't one of you guys uh, say last week? I believe one of you guys was talking about a possible. I don't remember if it was for the Eagles or for the Chiefs. But I remember one of you guys saying that there might be a special teams return that
1: played a part well, in the yeah, – I think Matt, what Matt I was, was talking involved, about was Tony would play – I was worried about us fumbling a punt. or Because or, we, we've we done that quite a bit with Sky Moore back there. And I didn't know how healthy Kadarius Tony was going to be. So if Sky Moore was returning punts, I was worried about him losing the ball. That that I think that's what, what we were talking about.
2: But, I thought Pacheco last week uh, would – remember I said he might silently slide in there and do a little more <sighs> than what people
1: think. And man, he's something else. He he really played well. And uh, we have 11 draft picks this year. So – How about the National Anthem? Oh, Chris Stapleton crushed it, man! Yeah. How awesome was that? That he, was. That was cool. I man, think that Sirian- was maybe the best what about national Sirianni anthem. with tears oh, coming down his face. What about the, the ragged That's old the flag? Head coach
2: of the Eagles. I mean, like that was pretty intense, yeah.
1: dude. Did you see the ragged old flag montage before that with Johnny Cash? Oh yes. How cool was that? Yes. So I, I don't know, man. That I thought the Super Bowl was well done. The field, biggest issue of the day, in my opinion. Right. So, yeah, that's a real shame that, that we even have to talk about that. But that should be the one thing that should never be discussed. Completely The quality agree. of the turf. Yeah. So, either way, um, it's a Super Bowl. Kansas City has three of them now. And hopefully we get uh, a few more to add to the list.
2: Oh, yeah. So, But Jalen Hurts should hold his head up high because he did. I mean, <laughs> you when you have the numbers that he had –
1: and you don't win, and you score 35 points, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Every one of those fourth downs where it was fourth and short, and he put his head down, and you knew that they were going to quarterback sneak, but you could do nothing. Their offensive line was shoving us back two yards at least every time. Like, that's a gimme play for them. It was – I mean, he's – what? what's what's he, about 240?
2: Yeah, but remember what I was saying, and I know y'all kind of – I think you gave me a little hee-hee-hee-hee. Uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'd do it to you but, all. Time. Uh, there, it isn't just the offensive line when they run that third down or fourth down and whatever. The reason that they're doing that is they have a great offensive line, but they have a quarterback that out bench that out squats, squats yeah. everyone on the damn damn near everyone on the team
1: he's over His 600
2: eyes are huge Ooh. and that is why they're running that is because he can lean forward find it i mean like i said i was
1: hoping we'd talk about Jalen. hurts you don't see tonight. you don't
2: see J- during you don't see Jalen hurts fall backwards very often and you never will but congrats Tuna i i I don't know how you had the Chargers in there. I would have had the Bengals in there, but uh, I said
1: the AFC West. Oh, West so okay. it's a typical Bingo fan, not even knowing what their division well, they're in I until did. like December. If you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, hey, Eric Coriel ain't walking through that door, so I don't know <laughs> what you're thinking with the Chargers.
1: I mean, uh, well, it, on paper that team's loaded. Um, I guess.
2: Well, they had their best receiver was hurt half the year; he never even played.
1: Well. The Chiefs just proved that you don't Kenan need receivers Allen. to win Super Bowls. So, I'm just going to say saying, that. I'm just saying,
2: Keenan Allen didn't play half the year. Mike Williams is
1: out there. He's great.
2: He's the most off-and-on quarterback since his run and made at
1: Clemson. Who? Sammy. Uh, you mean wide receiver? Yeah, wow. Watkins. No, I Are, I know. had a little bit more faith in Justin Herbert than I probably should have. I think the NFL – I don't know. I don't know what to expect from me. A lot of young talent in AFC West at the quarterback – or the AFC – in uh, quarterback position. So it's going to be interesting to watch going forward.
2: Well, enjoy it while you can. Looks like you had too many ribs, <laughs> uh,
1: but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too many ribs. What, what kind of, what, what is that?
2: I don't know, but the Super Bowl party was rocking. We had about thirty plus. Yeah. Out there. It, it looked like and it, I'm glad it was a, you came by early on. Yeah. And had a couple uh drinks and and got everybody loosey goosey and it was good to stop by.
1: Well, like I mentioned in previous episodes, I become the worst version of myself in games like that. So the last thing I want to do is ruin everyone's Sunday by having <laughs> them witness witness my panic attacks.
0: Well I uh I and everyone that was at, the, uh, at Freddie's house certainly appreciates that. <laughs> um, I did want to take this opportunity as, uh, the host and moderator for this evening, uh, to present tuna with his, uh, with his Super Bowl championship gift, oh, which man. is something I received, uh, the other day from, uh, coach Mark Lieberman, uh, Head coach of collegiate high school Shh, basketball.
2: Uh-huh. It's better than cheese at socks.
0: Uh this is oh, a uh, socks are awesome. This is an autographed basketball by the two thousand and thirteen uh NCAA Final Four most valuable player, Luke Hancock. Are you what?
1: kidding me? How awesome is that, man. Oh my God. Dude. Thank you, man. That is so cool. Wow. That is awesome, man. I really appreciate that. Dude.
0: If we had this uh, this streaming on YouTube Luke, right now, Luke. you you could see this. Uh, which,
1: by the way, that team is getting honored at the Yum Center this Saturday. Saturday right, and which you're is wearing your U of L uh, shirt. Exactly, tonight. which
0: is why I thought this was an apropos time. They're going to uh, apropos.
1: Uh, I don't even know what that means.
0: That means a good time. Uh, perfect. <laughs> it was a good time to tell me that. To uh,
1: apropos time to tell me that.
0: To uh, present that to you, yeah, and. Uh,
1: quickly! Man, this guy gets everything. I'm about. I got sick socks it. and basketballs. And Did
2: you wear the Cheez-It socks?
1: Not that day, <laughs> but I have put them on my feet.
2: During <laughs> the parade, he had them on.
0: I wasn't planning on talking about this, but uh, talking about the 2013 uh, national championship team, I Great just want to. I just want to touch on it quickly. Uh-huh. Um, they are going to put up a new banner. At the Yum Center. Uh, And I think they should. Because the NCAA, for those that don't know, (laughs) told uh, Louisville that they had to take down the banner because the championship technically was vacated, even though we all saw the tournament. We watched the games. We know they won. We
2: know the NCAA is a joke.
0: Um, And they are now uh, this, is it Saturday, Tuna? Yes, the game setter. Saturday. Saturday so, against Clemson. So they're going to uh, recognize the ten-year anniversary mm-hmm. of the national championship, and they're going to put up a new banner that reads something to the
1: effect of uh, "Last team to" or "The team to not lose in the NCAA tournament." <laughs> no,
0: I think it's final coaches poll yes. number yes. one, final twenty thirteen. Yeah, which, and this is uh, Freddie's going to tell. Uh, you to drink because I'm going to bring up Indiana unsolicited here. But Indiana has a banner for the 1975 team that many people think was better than the undefeated 76 team that lost, I forget who they played in Dayton in the the Elite Eight. I have no idea who they played, and we're not going to get into that, Fred. We're not going to (laughs) discuss who beat them in the Elite Eight. Somebody beat them in the Elite Eight, and Indiana has a banner up that says AP National Champions, which back then, the final regular season poll, whoever was number one was the AP National Champions. So, I don't think it's that big a deal. They they need something up there to commemorate that team, and it sounds to me like this is what the NCAA would let them get away with.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this particular banner going up. I think it's kind of I, – I get it. Josh Hurd wanted to do something for this team and, and, and so on, but it's it's almost like a, opens the door for more jokes to be thrown at us. But at the same time – I love that L team. I, I, I love that L team too. It's one of my favorites. If you were on
0: that team – You would want something. And you went through everything that, that a team goes through to get to that level,
1: they deserve
0: to have something – and that people because here's the thing, Tuna. When a young kid walks in there and looks up at those banners, he'll go, Oh, what happened in 2013? Mm. And the kid's dad or mom or whoever he said, man, that was a such a fun team. Things got wonky after the
1: season was over. But I'm glad you asked. I don't think like by the time that kids that won't remember that game, I know it was 10 years ago. I don't know if the NCAA will exist within 10 more years from now. I really don't. I think that's it's going to be an entity that just fades off.
0: And as soon as it does, you put a we banner put up there that right says 2013
1: National Champion. Absolutely. So that that's why it's never really been that big of a deal to me. Because we all watched the game. We all seen it. The only thing you're worried about is the young generation that didn't really remember it and them having some, something to go back and look at. But the players know. They all got their rings. They won that thing. A lot went on. You can Is go that, to YouTube and watch wasn't it.
2: Wasn't that where when he
1: broke his – That was in the Duke game. In the Duke, in the there Elite, were so Elite many eight?
2: crazy things that happened during that run. And that's back when U.K. was winning a championship and then Louisville's right back and they were playing each other in the Final Four. And there was a lot going on in this state, buddy. That's stretch. and Duke were taking a back seat that 2012
1: you, to 2015 stretch I mean it was nuts was some of the most intense this rivalry has been oh, in the city Oh totally
2: and and people were even though they wanted to beat the other team they were showing respect we've already talked Remember, about like it and hit on that 2012 whoever won the game as they moved on after a week to deal with it People were showing a lot of respect for the winner of the game, no matter who that was. And? And poor Michigan got their asses whooped by both of us through that whole thing. <laughs> Spike Albrecht. Yeah.
1: like, <laughs> But we played in the tournament in the Final Four in 2012, and, and then, then in again, the Sweet again in Sweet 16 in 2014. Yeah. 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 But and think
2: about when Ware broke his leg, when that leg
1: oh, when yeah. his leg. Yeah.
0: Like,
2: that was... People still talk about that today that it happened at gruesome
0: uh, that happened at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yes. You know, yes. I was I was at
1: that game and you know to this day I still haven't seen his leg break. Oh dude. I, I can't watch and it. Dude, I'm not going for you to UML to
2: overcome all the craziness of uh, that. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes a team's just gonna fold over after that. But the guy like Siva and Luke Hancock and guys thing. like that were so strong and Those strong were pure willed. leaders,
1: man. And yeah. and they dealt with a lot of knuckleheads on that team, too. But yeah. that shows that upperclassmen leadership, how important that is on a team. So, I don't know. Uh, but, man, awesome gift, Travis. I really appreciate that. Yes. Um,
2: That's very cool. Uh, I guess what would the Bengals have gotten had we won?
1: Uh, <laughs> a t- case uh, of spray paint. Case of
2: spray paint, daddy.
0: <laughs> i would have bought you a uh a bottle of uh 8.99 champagne oh baby <laughs> <laughs> some
1: mad dog 2020 <laughs> some snoop dog champagne
0: um man that's an awesome discussion
2: uh, uh oh yeah good the- job nfl's over
0: um, <laughs> no, it's almost draft time. Now it's a whole new topic. Hey,
2: wait a minute, there's more football,
0: and we are going to we're going to touch on more football here very shortly. But before we do, uh, it wouldn't be a, an episode of the Blockout Sports Pub if uh, we didn't have to discuss another death of an icon. And today, uh, we found out the uh, unfortunate news that legendary Hall of Fame baseball player and Hall of Fame baseball commentator, Tim McCarver passed away at the age of 81. Um, I'm sure for a lot of people listening, and this is where I I wanted
2: to... I don't think he was a Hall of Fame player, just in the Hall of Fame as announcing goes. Really? Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. I thought he was a Hall of Fame no, player. I have no idea. It was a little before my time. Yeah, I know he was a a whale of a of, oh, a, of a baseball yeah. player. He
2: Caught a lot of great pitchers.
0: Um, but uh, where I wanted to go with this and what I thought was kind of interesting is that for people of a certain age, I uh, Freddie and I are a little bit older than Tuna and Tuna. You may or may not remember this, mm-hmm. uh. When you were a young kid, when we were young, on Saturdays, NBC had the game of the week, and it was Vin Scully and Joe Garagiola yeah. called those games. And so, to me, that was like the original soundtrack of baseball to me because we got the Reds games every night, mm-hmm. and then you got the NBC game on Saturday afternoon, and it was Scully and Garagiola. Well, then, and I don't know what year... Tim McCarver started doing the national games, but he kind of crossed over in that started in that same era when Scully and Garagiola. So Freddie and I are lucky enough to have experienced Scully and Garagiola. And then originally it was.
2: uh, Those were Dodger guys, right? Yes. And McCarver's a Giants guy, which is, you know, there's that Mm -hmm. rivalry.
1: Uh, The Yankees, Red Sox of the West Coast.
0: But where I was going with that is that it was Jack Buck and and Tim McCarver. So you had this like two iconic (laughs) uh, broadcast booths that kind of crossed over. And then McCarver obviously carried on long enough to not only work with Jack Buck calling World Series games. He called games with his son, Joe, and, you know, just relatively recently uh, got out of the booth. But uh,
2: Another Billy uh, Packer-type trailblazer. Yeah. Not scared to tell you to take your shit and shove it yeah, or talk about a player that wasn't doing this or
1: that. I respected him for that. I think you see way more of that in in baseball than you do other sports. Baseball announcers have a way – of being the most brutally honest dudes in the world. And I think they just sit up there in those booths for like three and a half hours, and it's a slow-paced game, and they just hammer it out, man. They get to tell tell telling stories, and they'll tell you exactly how it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, he called 24 World Series. That's pretty strong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 24 World
1: Series.
0: Yeah. That's
2: impressive. As the color. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and he was... uh, he had such a unique voice and such a unique way of breaking down the game and as a as a catcher, you know he had a lot of insight yeah, for
2: sure as a cat, being a catcher
0: um and I did hear a a really funny story today uh that when he played for the cardinals uh he was he had a really unique and special relationship with bob Gibson, and Gibson told the story for years that uh, at one point in a, in a tight ball game, Tim McCarver called timeout and ran out to talk to Bob Gibson. And as McCarver would tell the story, he, just, he got the biggest kick out of this in the world. He said, you know, McCarver took the ball, and Gibson looked right at him, and he said, McCarver, the only thing you know about pitching is how hard it is to hit it. Get back behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard and, many great things from Bob Gibbs. I just think a, that's one of the most coolest. intimidating and, and he said, I just handed the ball right back to him and I
2: said, You're right. Um, a lot of the younger people are gonna obviously know the Deion Sanders situation with yeah, the brands no, 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 and whatever. all that. But hey, McCarver stood tall about that and you gotta give him credit. He he you know, he didn't take no crap for it and he... Let everybody know how he felt about it. He could have just kept his mouth shut and not said nothing. And I kind of like that he kind of uh, on national television just said what he wanted to say. And that was uh, that was that Packer-esque style about him. You know, he was rough, rougher than a cob That's when what he I, would talk about I stuff. I think
1: some of those old heads, it's it's almost more of a dying breed where they're we're getting this newer, nicer, younger commentators come in there, but baseball, like I said, is one of the sports where their announcers have stuck strong and they will tell you, tell it like it is. Exactly. There was
0: a, there was a, uh, this has been years ago, uh, probably back 20 or more years ago. uh, The legendary Hall of Fame announcer, Marty Brenneman for the Reds was, had been difficult or had said some critical things about a player or two on a Reds team that was not particularly good. Mm-hmm. And uh they were doing their little press thing at the in the batting cage and a couple of players came up to Marty and said, "Hey, we don't really appreciate what you had to say about us." And Marty looked at him without missing a beat and he said, "Boys, I was here 20 years before you got here, I'm going to be here 20 years after you leave." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really care what you have to say. <laughs> uh, there you go. And you do get that, especially on those hometown announcers, like mm. they know they're not going anywhere.
1: Oh, Vin Scully would call out anybody, anywhere, anytime, time, any place, and and he was just like and he would say it, it so eloquently. I was gonna say yeah.
0: He he would do it he he would probably call you uh, an asshole in such a way that you would thank him for doing it.
1: I think the years that Yasiel Puig was a Dodger was some of the funnest years I had listening to Vince Scully call games because he used everything possible to describe Yasiel Puig. (laughs) So I love that. That was really good. (laughs) But I I did want to mention that
0: because uh, he was obviously a big part of any baseball fan's uh, life in the last, gosh, you know, twenty five, thirty years and uh he will most certainly be missed as a voice uh as a voice of uh insight and uh criticism and uh you know I think he probably had a lot to do with uh baseball's you know he was right there during baseball's expansion getting into cable television and all the playoff games being played at night and he was just kind of a guy that that you turned on a big game, and we've discussed it with a lot of these other guys. We've talked about you turn on a big or you turn on a game, and you hear his voice, and you go, "Oh, well, this is a big game," Absolutely. and he's one of those handful of guys that that had that ability. So, and
1: when you watch a baseball game, I think baseball is a little bit different. You go on a journey for three hours, three and a half to four hours with with this guy, like you're in a storytelling session, you're in a experience with this guy. And for these guys to come in, 162 games a night, a lot of them, and, and, and take you through that journey—I don't know—that I have a soft spot in my heart for um, baseball commentators.
0: So, yeah, I do too, because one of my favorite things to do is to uh, sit on my deck on a summer evening and listen to a ba and I did that Scully's last two years. Mm-hmm. Late night, when nothing else was going on, I would sit on my deck and just listen to Vin Scully, you know, basically weave poetry for three hours. It's time for Dodger baseball. <laughs>
1: That's when you knew it was go time.
0: And some might recognize my uh, my sign-off tagline as a bit of a tribute to Vin Scully. Yep. Um But uh, so I did want to touch on that, and I'm glad that we did. Um, But I wanted to discuss a little bit. We had uh, briefly touched on it early in the show. uh, Louisville playing better basketball. Um, Despite what Freddie said last week that he wasn't angry about Kentucky basketball, (laughs) uh, the texts that I received during the game last night, uh, would suggest otherwise. Um,
2: Backs against the wall.
0: Indiana uh, had right. a very tough game last night. Um, and with that, I wanted to uh, also uh, bring in a special guest that we have here in the Downstairs Pub studios tonight. Uh, you have heard his name since episode one. Uh, he is our special guest Picker every week, and uh, it's my nephew Colin.
3: How are we doing? <clears throat> Good What's to be up, here. Buddy? Good to be here. The guest, Live picker. in
2: person. He's still got a winning record.
3: Yeah, on, he's on done way pitch. better than us. That's yeah, bizarre. I'm pretty
0: I, sure he's he's the <laughs> only bums. one that finished with a winning record <laughs> yeah. as it relates to uh, wagering. Um, and uh, Colin and I are going to discuss uh, last night's Indiana game here in a minute. But first and foremost, I want to apologize to anybody that took my advice the last two weeks and uh bet against Louisville because now suddenly they are covering spreads they are playing like a relative
1: functioning basketball team since ACC play started they are 8 and 7 against the spread oh, I'm sorry 7 and 8 against seven the spread 7 and 8 okay
0: well, so for any Aren't of you, you that happy? that uh, <laughs> listen to what <laughs> I had to say, how does that make say, me happy?
1: We've won three games this year. Well, you knew that was going to happen. I didn't expect it to be that bad.
0: Um, so I'm just going to say right now, don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> make your own bets. Take the uh, cards,
1: money line Saturday. We're going to win this game. 2013 Magic in there. Clemson coming to town. We're starting to get it. Two straight games in a row where we're playing hot against the two best teams in the ACC. Right, if Miami you're getting U of L,
2: I'm getting Kentucky airtime. Oh, that's the- <laughs> what we're going to. We're going to get me. We're going
0: to get. We're going to get there, Fred. Um, I, I I just wanted to mention to to uh, clear my own conscience to let people uh. <laughs> to let people know that I do not recommend just blindly betting against Louisville for the rest of the year, um, and. I mean, we don't really need to break anything else down about Louisville,
2: or <laughs> really, for that matter, Kentucky either. Well, I just, I, I, I do. You think guys beat the
0: cowbells, go- man! That's a big win. I do want to yeah, talk to you, I mean, Fred. I want to talk to you about the game last night, the Kentucky game. I clearly was uh, flipping back and forth between the Indiana Northwestern game and the UK game. So was I. Um, but. You did seem to have some rather heated thoughts and comments about was it was it that your that
2: they would choke on a cowbell, uh, wearing all their little out marshmallow outfit down there. Well, I,
0: I wasn't going to get that. That's not oh, nice. okay. I yeah, wasn't going to get that. I wasn't going to get that detail. My back
2: was against the wall last night. Not very night. nice. And rarely is is uh, Kentucky's back against the wall. Keep going.
0: So, Lenardi's latest uh, bracketology has, as we discussed last week, has Kentucky and North Carolina as two of the last four teams in. Right. We're going to get that. And when I listened to last week's uh, podcast, uh, when I re-listened to it yesterday, just to get a refresher on it, um, Tuna had talked about how – he thinks that they're going to try to get those teams together. Yeah. I'm in not, that I'm scenario, not, I'm not very and, excited and, about and, it. And 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 now <laughs> that's all I can think about. There's no way. Right. Well,
1: I can, I can.
0: If there's a way they can make <laughs> that happen, it is going to happen.
1: I think it's already written in. I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly. Like
2: like I mean, of, of course we we try, I mean, uh, in the second half, uh, Mississippi State tried to give that game away. They they are missing free throws, turnovers, everything under the the sun. We're up ten, and then we tried to give the game back to them with the longest uh, eight seconds you're ever going to see in your life, which Travis and I, as texting basketball fans, absolutely love when a coach can turn eight seconds into 15 minutes on your clock. <laughs> yeah. And I was livid because I knew when Reeves did not when Reeves fouled like a moron with four sec, uh, up four with 8 seconds to go, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is going to take 15 minutes." And it did. And luckily, uh, we hit the free throws and whatever to get it to to get the win. Uh, but to win down there in a rowdy environment when they smelled blood uh, on on a on a uh, a decent Mississippi State team—that's one of the top defenses I mean, basically in college switched, basketball, right? In my right? opinion, we switched with them. Lenardi had them as one of the last four in; we're the last four out. I feel like we switched with them. We beat them at home, uh, and now we've got Tennessee, who just pulled the upset against Arkansas. Which, dude, I don't know. I look Alabama. at Alabama. Ar- I, I'm, sorry. Alabama. I'm don't, sorry. Don't get that mixed up. I'm sorry. Alabama <laughs> drink. Uh, but, uh, and uh, so now it's going to really look good. I if, think they if threw Kentucky their backboards in the river. at Rupp versus Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is one of those teams that I'll get into later when I start talking uh, my NCAA formula on some uh, teams here. As we re- now now that we're getting deep into tournament times, co- starting to uh, come in, I'll talk about that. But not a lot to spend on Kentucky. We're not very Thank good. God. But the freshman, you know, uh, he 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 has a back issue. I'm not making excuses, but he can't he can't get a <laughs> shot injuries. in the bucket. But he still had 11 assists to one turnover. That was huge. Cal did stick with him, kept him in the game. And uh, uh, he's made a couple other changes. Uh, I don't really even want to get into it. UK is not worth talking, wasting too much time about. But I am wearing my cat's hat tonight, and that means we are still alive. And that's all I have to say about Kentucky. We'll see what happens Saturday. Yay, cats.
0: Fair enough. Um, Colin, I know that uh, you are watching uh, – and keeping a close eye as much as I was last night on the Indiana-Northwestern game, I have a couple of things before I ask you a question. Number one, when I was your age, (laughs) if Indiana would have been swept in a season by North Carolina, or by North Carolina, by Northwestern, uh, um, the Bob Knight show following the second loss would have oh, been Lord, one of the great television programs in the history of the medium
2: broken chair.
0: Um, with <laughs> that being said, uh, Indiana gets down by 21 points last night. Uh, that uh, they played terribly in the first half, uh, particularly offensively as far as taking care of the basketball. Trace Jackson Davis was not particularly sharp. um, But they get down 21 points. They come all the way back, tie the ball game with around 30 seconds, 26 seconds uh, to go in the game. Two questions. Number one, why did they get behind as quickly as they did and as far as they did? And secondly, why are officials in the Big Ten the most incompetent people in the United States at their jobs? Your thoughts.
3: Well, I don't know. Um, Big Ten officials are by far, besides women basketball officials, uh, Big Ten women's basketball officials, the worst. (laughs) Uh, All college basketball is terrible, but there's just something about the Big Ten commissioners and everybody behind it that just has to pick the worst people imaginable, just pick them off the street and get them in there and coach – or in referee basketball games. and like, they oh Maybe my. they can
1: take the Pac-12's officials away from them like they're taking everything else from the <laughs> well, Pac-12. <laughs> At this
3: point, anything <laughs> would be better. Um, we got down. I mean, we've seen it all year and basically all my life in these big games where we really need a win, especially on the road. We screw up somehow very early. We stop making shots. And especially this year, Jalen Hood, Shiafinu, if he's not on – Especially the start, the team just does not go with him, and especially because like Xavier Johnson's injured, injured.
0: That's where I was going to go with that. Is that if they had Xavier Johnson, you could take a lot of the pressure off of him. But
3: and he's so good,
2: man. Yeah, I love that guy. That well, yeah,
0: guy. he's like a 15th year senior. Dude,
2: he's just yeah.
0: And to be able to kind of even out uh, Chafino as a as a freshman. You know, that could be a dynamite combination, but it is tough without him. And hopefully, uh, what are you hearing uh, when he might be back?
3: Uh, I think Woodson put on his uh, pregame show yesterday, uh, whenever he was talking to Don Fisher, that about a week or two, so probably right around the Big Ten tournament is whenever he's going to be back, which at at that point, I'm perfectly fine with it. Jalen's been pretty good, pretty consistent this year, but... I just need him fully healthy for the NCAA tournament because him, Xavier Johnson, and Jalen Hood-Ciafino in the backcourt, in the tournament, if they are both on, Indiana is trouble with Trace Downlow.
0: Yeah, and nobody cares about the Big
3: Ten tournament. Well, no, but it, it'll be a good stepping stone to give him a I don't games. care about it. I
0: hate the Big t- I Ten. Hate, I hate those league <laughs>
3: tournaments. Well, it's awful. But it's going to give him a nice little step to get back into the groove of things. I love the mid-major. Now, no, but
0: I do too. I know great a, teams get from, left out from because a they drama lose. standpoint, but it makes me insane. Nah, I'm with you that a team goes, you know, eighteen and one in their league, mm-hmm. okay, and they have one bad night. Bring
1: that, bring back the bracket buster games.
2: I, hey, I've been looking back. I on hate my it. Formula that I'm going to. Oh, Freddie's formula. While. And let me tell you something. Whether you win that tournament or lose it don't matter
1: well we're talking about midnight I mean, it doesn't it doesn't in the big time tournament get hot
2: and win it
1: like Louisville did well, in their 2013 it mattered for Yukon one year
2: and it mattered for Yukon but i've also seen teams lose in the first round and dominate and win the
1: national and championship and didn't georgia get into the NCAA yeah. tournament yeah. last year but, Remember, remember when uh,
0: when uh but georgetown did
1: about win all yeah
0: georgetown Won the Big East tournament that year. They were mm-hmm. well under 500. Really, only uh, that's the only uh, success that Pat Ewing has had. Was that one year they I mean, got it, really it hot?
2: Comes and goes. It It helps it comes with your seating, and, and a lot
1: of a lot of those teams. It like, does help
2: with your seating. You're exactly and right. And I
1: tell you what, winning a game or two for UK would might get them out of that Dayton playing game well, against North to. Carolina. They have so, to. Hell, they damn near need to win the tournament. That's where the importance comes in. Not necessarily winning the tournament, but winning that, a game or two in the tournament.
0: Kentucky's uh, never won an important game in Dayton. Let's just <laughs> let's 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 put that out there. And for anybody that. Uh, Gets that joke and uh, sends me something on uh, on our Facebook page. I'll give you a big thumbs up on that.
2: But you know, you know the big question mark team, and they played after our game. You guys watched the IU Northwest <coughs> Western, excuse me. I I flip back and forth from the UK game as well. But that that Arkansas game that was on also. Yeah, they got beat. You, know, you want to talk about a team that I don't know what to do with. I mean they have a horrible conference record. I don't even know if they're going to get I was trying to figure out if I wanted them to win or Texas A&M to win and I had to say I want Texas A&M to win because they're freaking 11 and 2 in the conference. Right. Arkansas is one of them teams that can go to the final four or at least the elite 8 a third year in a row they uh, have He's five, been to the elite four, 8 every year he's been there. They got four guards that are dominant. And, well, three and one coming back and one getting ready to come back that's uh, spectacular. But I don't know if they're going to make it.
1: Uh, I, think, uh, I, mean, I think they're going to get in. Uh, I mean, they
2: have a losing SEC record.
1: Yeah.
3: I'll tell you <laughs> who I like to make a pretty deep run is Kansas State and Iowa State. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And, and Kansas State, Iowa State's really playing well. Kansas State had a this. couple losses, but I, they're I, back on. Big Iowa State at been home.
1: The, is amazing. Yeah, Big Twelve's been the funnest conference hands down this, this oh, season. Dude. I don't even think it's close.
2: I got the Big Twelve number one. I have the SEC. number I'm not saying two, best. I'm
1: I, saying the funnest.
2: And I got the Pac-12 number three. I that that wait a minute, my, and you the have, Big Ten, huh?
1: you know the Big Ten,
0: the fourth best team. I have fourth been best tied league? with
2: the Pac-12. I do, as far as. <laughs>
0: I just got I mean, something stuck in well my dude, throat. Well, I,
2: dude, I, I, I do think Purdue and Indiana are two. I mean, Illinois doesn't impress me. Uh, Michigan State doesn't impress me. I know Northwestern, some of those smaller t- uh, uh, the schools that haven't Rutgers, been there very long are Maryland, very good. Yes. Maryland, <clears throat> but they're not. Sorry, dude, I got a riblet caught in my throat here. <laughs> hey. But uh, I gotta. That's tell. what
1: happens when you're talking nonsense. Your throat's telling you to stop.
2: I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you're if you're gonna say the Big Ten can beat teams that has. I, I don't think in the tournament they have a better shot against teams like Arizona. I think there's a UCLA, lot of scrappy good teams in USC, the Big Ten. Uh, maybe they're even. I have them tied, but I do think that the SEC has quite a few good teams in it uh, this year that are all that are gonna get in. And the Big Twelve by far, in my opinion, is the best conference.
0: Put Vanderbilt in the tournament, you cowards.
3: <laughs> I will say I, I do agree with Freddie. The Big Ten besides Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, and Maryland at home is nothing fun to watch, especially how it's officiated. So for this year in particular, I I think I agree with Freddie there. And and Well, no one asked you. Well, you know what? That's going to slide me into
2: my my formula. And my formula is nothing special. It's what everybody talks about. But we know... I want to see your formula. Well, it isn't a formula. Is it on your window in your house? It isn't a formula, but your big boy for Purdue can do all he wants to do. He can look like George Mikan. He can look like Shaq. But... If you don't have three guards come tournament time that average over double digits, you ain't winning at all. You want to, when Purdue wins it, come back and talk to me. But they ain't going to win it. And I'm going to tell you why. You've got to have back courts win the tournament. And I'm not talking two. I'm talking three, four, Baylor, I've got I've got ten teams here. And, and my formula is this. I go back to the to the sweet to the uh, field of sixty-four and look at the teams that went to the Elite Eight last year and the year before and see if they still have players on those teams. And I'm gonna and, and maybe a mixture of them. And I'm gonna tell you Baylor, Kansas, Houston, Miami. Arkansas, Arizona, USC, Purdue, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Those are my teams, and and I even have IU circled in here. I have nobody else moving forward other than those schools. You want to see the choker list? Tennessee, Texas, U.K., Auburn, Alabama. These are the choker teams and if you go through Kansas, I mean, they, they won the national championship, went to the Sweet 16 the year before. Houston, Elite Eight, Final Four. Miami, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. Uh, Arkansas, two Elite Eights back-to-back. Arizona, Sweet 16, lost to Houston. USC, Elite Eight, lost to Miami. Purdue. Uh, Sweet sixteen and and uh, uh, I'm not sure what they did. The,
0: they lost to the same they, team that they, beat they lost Kentucky to, uh, last year.
2: They lost, yes,
0: St. Peter's.
2: Yes, they lost St. Peter's, but that was in the Elite Eight, right? Uh, UCLA. They went to the Sweet Sixteen, losing the fi- uh, uh, final four. Uh, teams like that, the coaches know. Th- those coaches know USC. Uh, Providence, Miami, Jim Laranaga, these coaches know how to win in the tournament. They're showing it the last couple years. I'm talking upsets on some of these teams. These are the teams that I'm looking for uh, that have great guards. Baylor, Kansas, Houston, Arkansas, uh, Arizona have great guards. Miami has three great guards, even though they just lost. I, I still like them up there. Um, TCU's playing real well that has a few good guards. I don't know, but that's what, the way I'm going to play it this this year is I'm going with not two good guards, but three that average in double digits. And I'm going to move forward on how they did in the, in the tournament the last couple years if they still have players on that team. A team like Villanova. Yeah, they were in the Final Four and and won it all the last two years. Guess what? They have nobody, so I'm not counting them. But the teams that do, Houston is due. Uh, Teams like that, uh, Baylor is back. Man, they got uh, a whole lot. They've got some great guards. But there are those choker teams, and I keep seeing the Bamas, the Tennessees, the Texases, I went through those two brackets. They both, they all choked in, like, the first round, and they've choked the second time. Those coaches can't get them ready, and, and I'm going to leave it at that, but I do think that IU really has a, a special team this year, so I'm also throwing them in there. I think Gonzaga with Drew Timmy, even though they don't have those guards, they've been there. I'm going to throw them in. But uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun, Matt, to get involved with the way that
1: this tournament's going to go. Yeah, I think you just named off every single team in NCAA basketball. No, I named 10. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know you like
2: Iowa State.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I love the formula. I don't know what else to say there. Great formula.
2: I I shouldn't give it away before
1: bracketology comes too late. What I gather from that is I'm going to go over to the boat and bet on everybody. One of them's got to win.
0: 64-team parlay. Hey, USC's
2: coach knows how to get a team to the Elite Eight. That guy, uh, Dunk City. Yeah. He knows how to get a team to the Florida Gulf Coast.
1: Knows how to get a woman, too.
2: That coach, hey, they got four (laughs) guards that are legit, too. That's another scary team. USC. Yeah. I I mean, Tuna, come on, the cheat it's over. Football's
1: over. No, I'm all in. Like I that was a lot of information I'm trying to absorb right now. And I think that started with us talking about conference tournaments and how they mean nothing. And I'm saying you're talking about what teams did last year in the tournament. That doesn't mean anything to me. The the way attrition I, happens in college basketball, it, it's you're looking at whole new teams. I mean, yeah, these are these are great coaches. in in here that you're going to look at kelvin samson is a tournament coach you can see how guys perform under the wire in conference tournaments and i like that aspect of those so i i'm not going to say that conference tournaments are pointless
2: no they're not they're not pointless at all And Mm. matter of fact they are fun too and like you said the mid-majors and all them there's Mm. nothing more fun than watching those as it heats up
1: yeah they um there's going to be some teams, especially with all the parity that's happening in college basketball this year, because this is probably and everyone has to admit the most chaotic basketball season that we've had. Like, there's no standalone teams. Right. There's no oh, like it's, gonna it's be an anyone blast. can literally beat anyone. Like, so it's, it's going to be fun, and I think these conference tournaments are going to help a lot of these bubble teams get into the tournament. Yeah. So, oh yeah, the crazy. I, I think there's a ton more bubble teams here than than there has been in the past. Right. Who else
2: you like, Colin? Who else you like?
3: I like basically any young team that has, like, one or two veterans that have a lot of young guards. Right. Okay. they don't really – I don't think they feel a whole lot of pressure whenever it comes to the tournament and those yeah, big that's games. That's a good point. So any type of teams like that, I think – or if you have a team like St. Peter's or Oral Roberts or Loyola Chicago that really haven't – really don't go to the NCAA tournament too often, they just go in there on, on a high – and I just think that they feel very confident going into every single game, and I like I like the upsets in that.
0: Colin, how do you feel about, uh, I think, uh, a team that checks off a few of those different boxes are uh, your Nevada Wolf Pack.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Um, I've seen it, them it, play once. I think with Nevada it depends on where they get <laughs> seated and who they end up playing. I mean, if they was Steve Alford, I mean, anything can happen there. But I think it all depends on who their first and second round. Uh, How many games do are. they?
2: want did they win? Weren't they on a big streak for a while? I think I watched one of their games. They're when they still were on, on a big streak. They're
0: still on a big streak. Yeah, they're uh, and
2: they've always been a a good bask a great basketball. Uh, they've had school. a
0: they've had a pretty good, successful program, and Alford. I mean, I know a lot of people don't care for Alford for whatever reason or whatever, but he has been successful everywhere he's went. This will be, what, his fifth team he's taken to the tournament?
1: Uh, What, New Mexico, Iowa?
0: Southeast Missouri State. He's done really well. Uh, Nevada, am I missing one? Oh, UCLA. Oh Uh, God, I forgot he he was even at UCLA. There's your five Jeez. teams. Now,
3: yeah. so taking five teams to the NCAA tournament. Are they still second in their uh, conference standings, or are they first?
0: I believe they're a half game out of first, but we won't. Uh, uh,
3: but I, I'm gonna end. Oh, go ahead. I'm I was
0: gonna, just gonna say I won't take up any more of our listeners' time talking about Nevada basketball, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because but, but because I am, I'm sure nobody wants Fire. to hear I that, I'm gonna
2: take uh, up their time ending this college basketball thing, saying the SEC. And the Big Ten need to step it up. Win a championship. Get in the Final Four. Let's be honest. It hasn't happened. You hear that I'm Greg Sankey? He's I'm talking to around. you, Greg Sankey. No, I'm looking around. And Arkansas is the only team that's gotten to the lead eight. I mean, South Carolina did like, what, five years ago? I mean, let's be real. The SEC has all these teams that are ranked up high. And they all choke. Auburn's been a, a number two seed twice. They haven't done nothing. Tennessee, UK, Alabama. It's only been Arkansas. Let's go back to the Big Ten. Uh, you guys tell me. I mean, it ain't Michigan State. I can tell you that. So Purdue is the only team lately that has even gotten up there in the Elite Eight. And these two conferences need to step it up in the college game. It's usually the lately it's been the Pac twelve, the Big Twelve, uh, the ACC, and and I'm I'm really hoping that the Big Ten and the SEC can pick it up this year and maybe get a couple teams in the Final Four and uh, level level it out a little bit.
1: Couple teams in the Final Four, so that's fifty percent of the no, Final Four. No, no, one each. Okay,
2: you know. But, but for real, I mean,
1: you I totally you agree. I can't Fred. say I mean, anything. You can't
2: name anybody. I mean. It sure hell ain't Kentucky. I, I
3: guess, think this year's so, the year for that.
2: I, I do. I, it could be the year for that. I mean, uh, I think you and Purdue could both make a run. And, and uh, you know, maybe Alabama can make a run this year. And I don't even know if Arkansas is going to get in. But Rick Barnes is not the greatest uh uh, tournament coach. Uh, no, he's been terrible
1: there. ever since he was at Texas. Uh, I mean, it's just. Texas I, is
2: also a horrible
1: tournament team.
2: They choke every year, I'm too. I'm going to cut
1: Texas some slack this season, losing their head coach, and they're still playing decent basketball, so.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, well, Those do, young guys have kind of kept
1: it together really, through they that. They
2: have three really good guards. I mm-hmm. think
0: that's, uh, that's kind of an under-the-radar great story in college basketball is how well they've played. Yep. Uh that that is given a good all, point. Given yes. all the turmoil yes. th- that that team's gone through um and they are a good team and they are a team that I could see uh doing something in the NC tournament. Yeah, nobody you know what the wants thing to thing play
2: talk about for sure. talk about three good guards and a great center North Carolina and they've been there. They were in the final game last year. But this it's not is a, the same this is this year. another team. No. Did it, they still have the same players, guys.
1: No, uh, no. Who's well, the big missing, mountain guy? Wait, that was Babcock. on last. No, 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 uh, no. That was on last year's team. The big white guy with the, uh, with the beard and the long. Tyler hair. Tyler Hansborough Because no. he ain't that good. <laughs> he was. Then he ain't nobody, dude. He was the main reason that they played like that last year. What was his name? Why am I drawing a blank on that?
2: I would think that. It yeah, I totally. He was see like him. A,
1: a six foot nine. You know, long-haired, big-bearded, like, okay. blondish, reddish. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. him. Um, God, I feel stupid for remembering Well, apologies to wall. our listeners
0: for not remembering the uh, starting lineup for North Carolina basketball last but year. But they are but. a
1: team
2: that can, if they get in, they can make a run. They've been there. They're seasoned. Manic.
1: Was it Brady Manic? That's it. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's
3: it. Yep. That is it. North, North Carolina welcome, is listeners. not making a run. This year, they're no, just, I don't see. They're it. They're just way too inconsistent, and they've had so many highs and lows. And right now, it's just been on way
1: too much of a low. Right. I think. Well, I mean, but one team from the ACC that I think could actually make a run is Miami. Uh, I th- do too. Their their lack yes. of defense yep. is concerning. Um, they're what in the Ken Palm I think ranked in the hundreds, which you don't want to have going into tournament play. But man, they right. are. An explosive team. Three great guards. Their yes. coach
2: has done it. Guess where they were last year? The Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's in my top 10. Uh, Laranaga, just he has, he can get it done. He knows. He just come tournament time, I don't know what he says or what he does. It's just like Kelvin Sampson. They blow me away, but they know what to do. And there are coaches, uh, Cal <clears throat> Perry, that don't know what to do not cal. Anyways, I'm <laughs> ready for some college basketball, baby.
0: I am too, and P-T-P-A. uh This is a just the perfect time of year. I mean, football is over except obviously uh for what we talked about earlier and uh, the last thing I want to get to before we drop off here tonight is I uh prep
2: too for you. Oh, Oh, no, keep going. Well, I, I
0: had for forgotten about that. Let's do that first. Uh, yeah, we've
1: got a – we're all picking our, our XFL teams yes, tonight. Yes. So so let's get through this so prep. Fred, this is a major moment right now.
2: This is a major moment. Okay. Fred, is,
0: Fred is going to uh, right, briefly gonna, discuss yes. uh, the Kentucky Derby preps uh, that happened and the ones that are upcoming. And then uh, we are going to give our strictly scientific – uh, reasons for which XFL team we are going to pick Ooh, and and bank. the only the only reason that I was even aware that this was happening is that Tuna said he sent a text on our uh, blockout sports pod text thread where he said uh, i'm definitely betting on the first weekend <laughs> of the XFL. Because I am a complete degenerate. Yes. yes. And I've never agreed with a uh, statement more than that.
1: Both of those are true statements. And
0: we're going to get into that quickly, but Fred, first,
2: quick, Okay. derby preps. Derby preps. Uh, starting this weekend, the points change from 20 points to 50. So 50, 20, 15, 10, and 5 for win, play, show, 4th and 5th place. It was 20, now it's 50. So we're getting to the big dogs. Um, uh, last week, uh, we had uh, a couple of uh, races that went down. Um, let's see here. We're But let's get into what, what the big race is this week. Uh, I will say Litigate won the Sam Davis. Uh, Freddie won 220 on that. Thank you very much. And... Uh, that is a horse to be reckoned with moving forward. Uh, the Risen Stars this weekend. Uh, Epicenter. Many horses have done well in this race. A lot of closers. Uh, it, it, it's a very popular race. Um, there's 14 horses in there. Uh, Victory Formation is a 3-0 horse. Uh, it's at Fairgrounds, 734 Post. Curly Jack. Another uh, top five uh, horse in Vegas uh, is going to be running in that. I personally like Krupe, a pletcher horse, where you're going to get great odds, and Tappet's Conquest, a closer, uh, who has won at Churchill. Um, Risen Star, everybody keep an eye on that. And then you got Rachel. uh, the Rachel Alexandra race is going to be also that day. And that is all the Phillies that are going to be in the Kentucky Oaks, and Travis's horse is running in that. And that is Hoosier Philly, and that is a horse that is uh, hot to trot, three and zero, oh, and in Vegas three to one odds. Indiana win the Oaks.
0: Indiana's won two national championships in Philadelphia. By there the way.
2: you go. Even better. Uh, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, to a hall of famer that passed away uh, legendary trainer john vach uh trainer of Aladar, who ran second in all three triple crowns to affirmed and won the whitney and the travers and he was a great great uh trainer and went on to do uh other things as far as chief steward for the racing commission and uh had some really good horses, uh, Notables, Proud Truth, and uh, Devonna Dale, which races are now named after. So, there you have it. Get on the Risen Star this weekend, guys. It's the only prep running. Thanks.
0: And if you haven't watched uh, the three Triple Crown races between Affirmed and Ali Dar, go on YouTube tonight and watch those races. Oh, my God. I mean, that that's what... Dude.
2: Forget People, the rest of the horses in the race. Yeah. It's them too.
0: People that don't understand time. horse racing you watch those races and you'll either get it or you won't. Um but uh that's that was very cool, Fred. Um so the last thing that we have to talk about tonight is uh the launch of do we call this XFL? 2.0, or what do we call this?
1: Yeah, revised. Um, better than ever. It's back, and it's better than ever. The Rock. So this is uh, this is a big moment, guys, because tonight <laughs> we pledge our allegiance to our future teams that we're going to root for yes. to the end of days. Yes. So this is the night that you oh, decide whether so you're going to be puffing end- paint like a Bengals fan, <laughs> or celebrating Super Bowl wins like a Chiefs fan, and
0: I was going to say by the and end of days free
2: autographed basketball.
1: Yes,
0: by the end of days we mean like a year and a half when this league inevitably folds.
1: But this year and <laughs> a half is going to be pure electricity.
2: What's the basketball say, Tuna?
1: It says Luke Hancock, 2013, no, what's it say? The, the Rock, rock. <laughs> the Rock. So, uh, Tuna, quickly, let's get your XFL, your team. And why? Okay. This has been tough for me. I've been debating, going back and forth, but I've solidified just in the last 30 seconds. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, this this is how close it came down to. Congratulations to the Arlington Renegades. I am now your biggest fan. Um, big game Bob Stoops is coaching this team. Uh, and one of my favorite under-the-radar quarterbacks, Kyle Sloter, who has an undefeated NFL preseason record. <laughs> Whatever
2: it takes.
1: He's a gamer from northern Colorado. All right, let's move on to see what Freddie Benders picked and who he cursed.
2: Uh, Freddie Benders has officially cursed uh the st louis battle hawks uh team that i can pretty much drive and go see play not too far away uh founded by vince mcmahon's yep. alpha entertainment fred
0: no wait a minute wait a minute they'll pay minute. you to come to the game wait a minute fred is going to drive to st louis three and a half hours <laughs> to st louis to watch what are they called
2: they're called the Saint Louis Battle Hawks. The Saint Louis Battle Hawks. He's just a big uh, fan of the Arch. I, I, I love the Arch. I, <laughs> I have been at the Arch when uh, Axl Rose spit on uh, <laughs> the the and 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 canceled the show. Huge Arch. And guy. I was one of the people that went to the Arch and laid out and spelled F U Axl with a human message. On I yes. Long story short, and that happened. I was there. Hold on, you're our very own Forrest. My starting quarterback is who? Tuna.
1: A J. McCarron. A
2: J. McCarron. Drink. Roll Tide. Musburger's
1: favorite player, number
2: one pick in the draft. I'm a St. Louis Battle. All right, I'm
0: I'm cutting you off right there. (laughs) Um, because honestly, all we need to know about why you picked St. Louis was that guns and roses story (laughs) i'm picking washington dc i have no idea what the what what their team name is can somebody tell me what the washington dc team is? the defenders the dc
1: defenders i'm
0: picking the dc defenders because i love washington dc i have a lot of family that lives there i uh have always had a great time every time i've been there i hope like hell that they're playing
1: their games at RFK Stadium. The best quarterback room in the league. Okay. Eric Dungy, D De- Eric King, and Jordan Tiamu. I mean just I mean, if that's not reeking talent, then I don't know what is. I may
0: uh I may go ahead and size myself for an XFL championship. I mean, rank. it's
1: already a better better quarterback room than the Carolina Panthers.
0: <laughs> uh And uh, I'm glad that we got to the XFL tonight. And realistically,
1: uh, I am going to follow it this year. I'm going to watch every game. I love Um, AJ. There's only four games a week, so you get two on Saturday and two on Sunday. That's
0: perfect. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this before we shut down for the night. Uh, Anybody have uh, any last thoughts, uh, games that they have to bet, games that they want? Uh, our listeners to bet uh, tuna. What do you have to close us out tonight?
1: Um, I've really got nothing on the betting front other than just betting the um, Genesis Open in golf. Uh, you can live bet that. I would wait and see. Max Homa had started out with a great day. Uh, Scheffler, I think, struggled a little bit. I look for him to tighten it up, and I really like um, John Rom to win this thing outright. So I
0: love that, Freddie.
2: Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Shoffley again. Uh, he was playing decent Saturday last week and fell off. But what a win by Scotty Scheffler! He's so smooth. Uh, I want to also say my tradition of my team is Kaka Kaka Kaka. That is what a uh, that is what a St. Louis. Uh, uh, I'm. Uh that that, that is speechless. the St. Louis Battlehawk Hawk cheer. Uh, what I want to say is, I three, want that continue to watch so three great documentaries. Stand on Showtime about Chris Jackson and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf is a fantastic documentary. You need to see it. History of the SEC is still going six part series basketball. It's under SEC story. Continue to watch it because part four is going to be special.
1: Thank you. In full swing, the new Netflix documentary about the PGA, done by the people that brought us F1 um, drive, drive to, to survive.
0: survive. Right, uh, Colin. Do you have anything to uh, to add to this uh, unbelievable menagerie <laughs> of sports tape? Give me a
1: kakaw. <laughs> Caca!
2: I'm not kidding. They have it on shirts and everything. No, yeah. I'll, t- I'll
3: take the perfect. Orlando Guardians for the XFL hey, play. Okay.
1: Uh, okay. I like that.
3: Strictly for Cody Latimer, football player for IU. I love that. That's about it. And uh, a great player, by the way. Great player. Uh, the only thing I really have to add is uh, bet Indiana women's basketball to win the national championship. You You can still get them, I think, at plus 1,000 right now.
2: Ooh, I like it. They're up 36-24 to
3: 24 on the number 12 team in the nation, Michigan, right now. South Carolina is uh, not great, in my opinion, because I think the Indiana could lock them down, so that that's my bet right
1: there. I like it. I've never once bet on a women's basketball game, and I feel like it's something I need to dabble with.
3: It
0: is. I've, I've done it twice this year, that's both times go. on Indiana, and both times I've won. Wow.
2: Uh, Let's go Hoosiers. Travis, do you have anything?
0: All I have to say is I really enjoy the fact that uh, every week the audience for the Blockout Sports Pod gets a little bit bigger. Uh, I think everybody last week... Bill's cheese. Well, yes. Yeah. I think everybody last week who uh, took my advice and told a friend, it was clear that uh, we had some new listeners last week. So that's really cool. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we are on Twitter, at Pod. We are on Facebook at Blockout Sports Pod. Uh, we are on email, blockoutpod at gmail dot com. Um, if you are a weekly listener, we thank you so much. Uh tell a couple people uh that you know to give it a shot. Um and uh we love to hear your uh, your feedback and for people to uh, let us know what they like, what they don't like. I would just like to say uh, R.I.P. Tim McCarver. Congratulations to Tuna for the Super Bowl win. Thank you, Colin, for coming in tonight uh, and being part of our broadcast. This is our 15th episode. This is our fifteenth wow, episode. Wow,
2: awesome, caca.
0: <laughs> and uh on that note from Freddie, <laughs> I would like to thank everybody for, <laughs> for the tuna country, Matt Kempf, the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, my nephew Colin, my name is Travis Carter. Saying so long. Everybody. <laughs>